you are now tuned into World War II Stories. I'm your host, Steve Matthews, and I'm here to take you on a journey through the whirlwind of historical events that shaped our world and defined generations. Stay tuned every Tuesday and Thursday as we delve into the riveting, inspiring, and sometimes tragic stories from World War II. We'll meet the brave men and women who stood up to tyranny, we'll explore clandestine operations and daring escapes, and we'll pay tribute to the resilience of the human spirit in times of extreme adversity. Also, be sure to check out our other podcast focusing on World War I, the conflict that set the stage for the global turmoil that followed. Use the link in the description below. In the darkest hours of World War II, within the oppressive walls of the Warsaw Ghetto, a glimmer of unyielding spirit, resilience, and heroism sparked to life. Amidst the bleak landscape painted by Nazi atrocities, a group of determined individuals dared to challenge the seemingly insurmountable force of Hitler's tyranny. This is the tale of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, a saga of defiance and resilience, of tragedy and indomitable courage, etched in the annals of human history. Our story begins with the rise of an ideology that brought humanity to the brink of self-annihilation. As the Nazi party ascended to power in Germany, its tentacles spread across Europe, snuffing out the light of freedom, liberty, and human dignity. The Jews of Warsaw, once a thriving and vibrant community, found themselves shackled in the heart of darkness, the Warsaw Ghetto. This narrative aims to illuminate the lives of those trapped within the ghetto walls and the oppressors who sought to obliterate them. It honors the defiance of those who fought back, the Jewish resistance groups that sprung from the depths of despair. Heroes like Mordecai and Ilwix and Powell Frankiel, who lit the torch of rebellion, their courage echoing through the ages. The Warsaw Ghetto Uprising was not just a fight against oppression. It was an assertion of human dignity in the face of extreme adversity. This story journeys through the twists and turns of the uprising, the despair of the community, the brutality of the Nazis, and the determination of the fighters. This historical account, vivid with the colors of courage, defiance, and resilience, delves into the aftermath of the uprising and its far-reaching effects on World War II. It leads us to the remnants of the ghetto, to memorials that stand in tribute to the fallen heroes, a testament to their unyielding spirit. Join us as we navigate the labyrinth of the past, unraveling the legacy of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, a poignant chapter in human history that continues to inspire awe and respect for the indomitable human spirit. Chapter 1. Prelude to Persecution Once upon a time, in the aftermath of World War I, Germany was a nation plagued by economic hardship, national humiliation, and social unrest. From this simmering cauldron of despair, a new ideology emerged, a menacing shadow that would soon envelop Europe and change the course of history forever. Adolf Hitler, a charismatic and impassioned orator, rose to prominence in the National Socialist German Workers' Party, better known as the Nazi Party. Hitler's rhetoric struck a chord with a disgruntled populace, offering a scapegoat for Germany's woes, the Jews. His speeches were as mesmerizing as they were terrifying, stirring up hatred and prejudice, and sowing the seeds of an impending calamity. The Nazi party was not just a political organization, it was a cult of racial purity, supremacy, and fanatic nationalism. 
It championed the notion of the Aryan race's superiority and proposed a Germany exclusive to pure-blooded Aryans. Jews, Roma, disabled individuals, and others were stigmatized, persecuted, and ultimately, targeted for annihilation. As Hitler's power grew, these ideas were transformed into a cruel reality. With Hitler's appointment as Chancellor in 1933, the Nazis wasted no time in implementing their toxic ideology on a national scale. Laws were passed restricting Jewish rights, economic activity, and public life. Synagogues were desecrated, Jewish businesses were boycotted, and the seeds of hate began to yield their ghastly harvest. But the engine of persecution did not run on Hitler's charisma alone. His lieutenants, such as the cold and calculating Heinrich Himmler and the ruthless Reinhard Heydrich, played crucial roles in putting the Fuhrer's vision into action. Himmler, as head of the dreaded SS, turned it into a formidable instrument of terror, while Heydrich, often regarded as the architect of the Holocaust, spearheaded the implementation of the final solution. Meanwhile, the world watched in disbelief as a seemingly civilized nation embraced a path that would lead to its moral abyss. Hitler's rise had begun with grand speeches and promises of a restored Germany. However, it soon spiraled into a whirlwind of oppression and destruction, a nightmare from which millions would never awake. This was the backdrop against which the Jewish community of Warsaw would soon find themselves on the front lines of a desperate struggle for survival. Before the storm clouds of war loomed over Europe, Warsaw, the capital of Poland, was a bustling city of culture, commerce, and community. In the city's vibrant heart resided the largest Jewish community in Europe. Over a third of Warsaw's population was Jewish, their life, traditions, and culture woven into the very fabric of the city. Imagine walking down the lively streets of pre-war Warsaw. The air is rich with the aroma of fresh bread from Jewish bakeries, the sound of Yiddish blends seamlessly with Polish, and the sight of synagogues standing tall next to churches showcases the harmonious coexistence of diverse communities. The Jewish community was not a monolith, but a colorful mosaic of different lifestyles, beliefs, and socioeconomic statuses. There were wealthy Jewish business owners, intellectuals, artists, as well as Orthodox Hasidic Jews, maintaining centuries-old traditions, and secular Jews embracing modern European culture. Jewish newspapers and theaters thrived, and Yiddish culture experienced a renaissance. This community was a testament to Jewish resilience and adaptability, a beacon of Jewish life in Europe. One notable figure was Adam Cherniako, an engineer and a social activist. Cherniako was the leader of the Jewish community in Warsaw, known as the Judenrat. He was a man dedicated to the welfare of his community, frequently navigating the difficult political landscape to best serve the Jewish population. Another influential figure was Janusz Korczak, a pediatrician, writer, and children's rights advocate. Korczak was known throughout Poland for his compassionate care and his orphanage, where he treated every child with respect and love. These individuals, like the community they represented, were a part of a vibrant tapestry of Jewish life, full of vigor and vitality. Yet, they were standing on the precipice of an unfathomable abyss, unaware of the horrors that awaited them. 
Despite the darkness that loomed ahead, the spirit of pre-war Jewish Warsaw, its life, its people, its vibrancy, remains an enduring legacy. Warsaw's vibrant rhythm was disrupted when Nazi tanks rolled into the city in September 1939. With them came a chilling change. Warsaw's Jews were about to be walled off from the world they had once known, corralled into a grim enclosure that would soon become the infamous Warsaw Ghetto. An eerie silence fell over the city when, in October 1940, the Nazis decreed the establishment of the ghetto. Jewish residents were given short notice to pack up their lives and move into this designated district, separated from the rest of Warsaw by a towering wall that snaked through the heart of the city. Anyone caught trying to cross without permission risked being shot. The ghetto was not a relocation, it was a stranglehold. Roughly 400,000 Jews were crammed into an area of just 1.3 square miles. Families were piled into cramped and squalid apartments, sharing rooms with multiple other families. Sanitation was woefully inadequate, and food was so scarce that starvation became a constant companion. The thriving life they had once known was replaced by a struggle for survival. The person chosen to oversee this new reality was Adam Cherniako, the same man who had once passionately served the community. Appointed by the Nazis as the head of the Judenrat, Cherniako was caught between a rock and a hard place. His heart ached for his people, yet he was tasked with enforcing the brutal decrees of the Nazis. It was a role that would weigh heavily on his conscience. The streets of the ghetto, once bustling with life, now echoed with the sound of despair. The synagogues, once filled with prayer, stood silent. And yet, even in the midst of this horror, glimmers of the resilience that had defined pre-war Jewish Warsaw could be seen. Schools were secretly held in basements, music was played quietly in apartments, and amidst the squalor, the spirit of humanity fought to survive. The creation of the Warsaw Ghetto marked a sinister turn in Nazi policy, a tangible manifestation of their final solution. It was a horrific new chapter in the story of the Jews of Warsaw, but also a stage on which they would display extraordinary courage and defiance. Chapter 2 The Darkening Clouds Once vibrant streets were now filled with the echoing sounds of heartbreak and despair. The Warsaw Ghetto, a prison within the city, was a place of human suffering on an unimaginable scale. Imagine walking through the ghetto's narrow alleyways. The once bustling markets and vivacious community life have been replaced by an unfathomable sight. Families, clad in rags, huddled together for warmth in the biting cold. Children, their faces hollow from hunger, clutching onto the hands of their parents. The air is thick with an overwhelming stench the consequence of insufficient sanitation. Food, a basic necessity, had become a luxury. The Nazis' official daily ration for the Jews in the ghetto was meager, often only providing about 180 calories a day, far below the needs of a human being. Many had to resort to smuggling food across the ghetto walls, risking their lives for the chance to fight off starvation for one more day. In the midst of this suffering, disease ran rampant. With little medical supplies and no adequate health care, outbreaks of typhus and tuberculosis claimed countless lives. Yet, in the face of such adversity, 
individuals like Dr. Ludwig Hersfeld, a renowned physician and biologist, worked tirelessly to fight these outbreaks, even establishing a laboratory within the ghetto to study and combat the spread of disease. Despite the grim conditions, a flicker of humanity still persisted in the ghetto. Schools operated in secret, musicians held clandestine concerts, and people clung to their faith and traditions. One such symbol of perseverance was Emanuel Ringelblum, a historian who undertook the monumental task of documenting life in the ghetto. His extensive records, known as the Onig Shabbat Archive, aimed to ensure that the world would one day bear witness to the reality of life in the ghetto. The Warsaw Ghetto was more than a symbol of Nazi oppression, it was a testament to human endurance in the face of unimaginable suffering. Amid the cramped living spaces, the daily struggle for survival, and the shadow of impending doom, the inhabitants of the ghetto showed the world that hope in humanity could persist, even in the darkest of times. A dreadful day dawned over the Warsaw Ghetto on July 22, 1942, a day when the ghetto's residents would come face to face with a new, horrific reality. The Nazi regime began the mass deportation of Jews to the Treblinka extermination camp under the guise of resettlement in the East. Each day, SS soldiers, accompanied by Ukrainian and Latvian auxiliaries, herded thousands of men, women, and children onto cattle cars. They were crammed in, their dignity stripped away, with the promise of better conditions and work opportunities at their destination. But this was a lie. The train's final stop was not a place of hope but a place of death. Adam Cherniako, the head of the Judenrat, was given the unspeakable task of providing lists of names for deportation. When he realized that his role was facilitating mass murder, the weight of this unbearable reality proved too much. Unable to stand against the tide of evil, Cherniako chose to take his own life, leaving behind a haunting note for his wife, they are demanding that I kill the children of my people with my own hands. There is nothing for me to do but to die. Meanwhile, the courage of Janusz Korczak, the beloved pediatrician and director of the Jewish orphanage, shone through the darkness. When the Nazis came for his orphans, Korczak was offered the chance to escape. He refused, choosing instead to accompany his orphans, sharing their fate. Korczak, along with his 200 children, walked in a quiet procession towards the Umschlagplatz, the railway station that served as the departure point for the deaf trains. For the residents of the ghetto, the deportations were a shocking wake-up call, a grim revelation of their fate under Nazi rule. This mass extermination served as a catalyst, galvanizing the survivors into action. For many, it became clear that it was better to die fighting for freedom than to be led like sheep to the slaughter. The stage was set for the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, a defining moment of resistance against Nazi oppression. As the horrors of deportation revealed the true intentions of the Nazis, a determined group within the ghetto decided they would not go quietly into the night. They were ready to fight, to resist, to stand up against the monstrous regime that sought their destruction. Thus, the seeds of resistance were sown, and the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising began to take form. Mordecai Anilwicz, a young teacher, stepped forward as a leader of the resistance. A firm believer in the Jewish right to defend themselves, Anilwicz spearheaded the formation of the ZOB, 
the Jewish Combat Organization. This group, composed of different political factions, was united by one shared goal to resist the Nazi forces. Yet resistance was not an easy path. They were outmanned, outgunned, and trapped within the walls of the ghetto. They had few weapons, primarily homemade explosives and a small number of smuggled firearms. But what they lacked in resources, they made up for with an indomitable spirit and a resolute will to fight. Within this oppressive environment, another hero emerged, Zivia Lubetkin, a young woman who became one of the ZOB's key leaders. Lubetkin embodied the spirit of the resistance. She smuggled weapons, organized fighting units, and was a beacon of hope in a place where hope seemed impossible. Even as they prepared for battle, the resistance took steps to ensure their story would survive, even if they did not. Emanuel Ringelblum, the historian who had been documenting life in the ghetto, now turned his attention to the preparations for resistance. His archive would become a testament to their courage, their struggle, and their spirit of defiance. The formation of the resistance marked a turning point for the Jews of the Warsaw Ghetto. Faced with the ultimate adversity, they chose to resist, to fight back, to defy their oppressors. It was a choice that embodied the spirit of human resilience and one that would etch the Warsaw Ghetto uprising into the annals of history. Chapter 3 The Uprising Begins As the resolve to resist hardened, the inhabitants of the Warsaw Ghetto steeled themselves for the inevitable confrontation. This period, marked by preparation and perseverance, was akin to a lit match held to the kindling, stoking the flames of the forthcoming revolt. The resistance fighters were not soldiers but teachers, poets, and ordinary citizens, learning the art of war in the classrooms of desperation. They studied the layout of the ghetto, establishing a network of bunkers and tunnels. These fortifications were as much about preserving life as they were about taking the enemies. They would serve as homes, hospitals, and, when the time came, bastions of defiance. At the heart of these preparations was Mordecai Anilwicks. Under his leadership, the ZOB carried out training exercises, practicing with their meager supply of weapons and preparing for urban guerrilla warfare. Anilwicks instilled in them a crucial lesson. They were not just fighting for their lives, but for the dignity and legacy of all Jews. Simultaneously, Zivia Lubetkin took on the Herculean task of establishing communication lines with the Polish underground on the Aryan side of Warsaw. These connections were lifelines, critical for the smuggling of weapons and the sharing of intelligence. Merrick Edelman, another leader within the resistance, worked tirelessly to build morale within the ghetto. He knew that their spirit, their will to resist, was as crucial as their physical preparations. He rallied his fellow fighters with words of encouragement, reminding them that they were the embodiment of Jewish defiance, their fight a beacon of hope amidst the darkness. All the while, Emanuel Ringelblum continued to document the swelling resistance, creating a timeless record of courage, determination, and resilience. This record would ensure that their struggle, their spark of defiance, would never be forgotten. The embers of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising were glowing brightly now, a beacon of resistance growing stronger day by day. The stage was set, the players ready. The fire of rebellion was about to erupt, 
and the world would bear witness to a testament of human courage. Beneath the streets of the Warsaw Ghetto, a clandestine world had taken root. A maze of narrow tunnels and cramped bunkers, dimly lit and echoing with whispers of rebellion. This was the hidden fortress of the underground fighters, the brave men and women prepared to defy their oppressors. One such fighter was Kazikra Tadger, a resourceful young man who used the codename Simha. Kazik was a vital link between the ghetto and the outside world. Disguised as a Gentile, he slipped through the cracks in the ghetto wall to liaise with the Polish resistance, smuggling in weapons and relaying critical information. Among these subterranean warriors was Toja Altman, a courier for the ZOB. Despite her youthful appearance, Toja was a seasoned activist, conveying messages and maintaining the fragile lines of communication between different factions of the resistance. Her courage would become legendary, a testament to the spirit of defiance that fueled the uprising. In the labyrinthine bunkers, fighters huddled around meager sources of light, cleaning their scant supply of weapons and memorizing maps of the ghetto. Among them, young Powell Frankiel, the fiery leader of the Jewish military union, instilled a sense of determination and hope, urging his comrades to fight for their people's dignity. Meanwhile, Arya Wilmer, a resourceful engineer, worked tirelessly to create hidden passageways and escape routes, a crucial element of their guerrilla strategy. Wilmer's creations would enable the fighters to surprise the enemy, strike, and then disappear back into their hidden world. And amidst the grim preparations, the fighters found time for fleeting moments of camaraderie and humanity. They shared stories, sang songs, and clung to a sense of community that became their beacon of hope in the impending storm. These were the people of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, the brave souls who would challenge the might of the Nazi regime. Their fight was about more than survival, it was a defiant stand for dignity, for freedom, and for the essence of humanity itself. On April 19, 1943, as the commemoration of Passover concluded, the air in the Warsaw Ghetto was heavy with anticipation. This was the day the Nazis had chosen to begin the final liquidation of the ghetto. But the inhabitants were ready. SS and police units, armed and expecting minimal resistance, marched towards the ghetto. As they entered, they were met with an unexpected scene. The streets were deserted, an eerie silence hung in the air. Suddenly, the stillness was shattered by the deafening sound of an explosion. The uprising had begun. From rooftops and windows, Molotov cocktails rained down on the unsuspecting German forces. Gunfire echoed through the streets as the Nazi soldiers scrambled for cover. Leading the charge was Mordecai Anilwicks, the heart and soul of the resistance, who commanded his forces with a determined resolve. Toja Altman, the courageous courier, had transformed into a fiery combatant, fearlessly throwing homemade explosives at the enemy. Her actions embodied the spirit of the resistance, a fierce defiance in the face of seemingly insurmountable odds. Meanwhile, Kazik Tadger, the vital link to the outside world, raced through the perilous landscape to coordinate with the Polish underground, pleading for reinforcements, weapons, and support. Amid the chaos, Merrick Edelman, a doctor by profession and a resistance fighter by necessity, 
tended to the wounded while rallying his fellow fighters. Despite the fierce opposition, he reminded his comrades, we are fighting for three lines in the history books, nothing more. Over the following days, the resistance held their ground. Despite being vastly outgunned and outnumbered, they turned the narrow, winding streets of the ghetto into a labyrinthine battlefield, using their intimate knowledge of their surroundings to their advantage. The early days of the uprising were a powerful testament to the resolve of the Jewish resistance. They were not simply victims, they were fighters, brave individuals who had chosen to stand against oppression. The world was about to witness one of history's most significant acts of Jewish resistance, a heroic struggle that would reverberate through the ages. Chapter 4 The Battle Ensues In the days following the outbreak of the uprising, the Warsaw Ghetto transformed into a war zone. Rubble-filled streets echoed with gunfire and explosions. Smoke-filled air bore the scent of defiance. From every alley and rooftop, brave Jewish fighters faced off against their oppressors. Within this chaos, Mordecai and Eelwicks led with unwavering resolve. Stationed at the command bunker at 18, Mila Street, he coordinated the defense, guiding his fighters through the meandering maze of the ghetto. His voice on the makeshift radio network was a beacon of hope and resistance for the beleaguered fighters. Among the resistance, women like Zivia Lubetkin fought fiercely. A woman warrior amidst a sea of despair, she navigated the subterranean tunnels, delivering ammunition, tending to the injured, and boosting the morale of her compatriots. Arya Wilner, the underground architect, utilized his intricate knowledge of the ghetto's tunnels to orchestrate surprise attacks, outmaneuvering the German forces despite their superior firepower. His skillful command of the labyrinth played a significant role in prolonging the resistance. Amid the fiery anarchy, Merrick Edelman, the doctor-turned-fighter, balanced his duties between battling the enemy and tending to the wounded. He exemplified the spirit of resistance, the refusal to abandon humanity even in the face of unimaginable adversity. Despite the tenacity of the resistance, the Nazi forces, shocked by the initial backlash, retaliated with brutal force. They began to systematically burn the ghetto block by block, aiming to smoke out the resistors. Fire became an enemy as devastating as the bullets and shells, adding a new layer of horror to the ghetto's war-torn landscape. But even amidst the flames, the fighters stood their ground. They understood that their resistance, even in the face of inevitable defeat, carried a message for posterity. Their struggle was not just about survival, but about dignity, defiance, and the indomitable spirit of humanity. As the uprising entered its third week, the reality of the situation began to tighten its grip. The fighters had shown extraordinary courage, but the scales were heavily tipped against them. The ghetto was in ruins, food and ammunition were dwindling, and the Nazi assault showed no signs of relenting. The tides were turning. Mordecai and Eelwicks, the beacon of the resistance, found himself in a dire situation. The command bunker at 18, Mila Street was surrounded, and their ammunition was nearly exhausted. Yet, he continued to inspire his comrades, his indomitable spirit resonating through the battered walls of the ghetto. Zivia Lebetkin, despite the impending doom, refused to falter.
In the face of overwhelming odds, she continued to move through the fire-ravaged ghetto, aiding the wounded and fighting fiercely. Her resilience symbolized the unbroken spirit of the resistance. Merrick Edelman, battling exhaustion, loss, and despair, continued his dual roles as medic and fighter. His commitment to healing and defiance remained unshaken, even as he faced the harrowing reality of their situation. Arya Wilner, the master of the tunnels, utilized his labyrinthine knowledge to its fullest, orchestrating daring guerrilla attacks and enabling the remaining fighters to retreat to safer positions when needed. His cunning strategies prolonged the fight, even as the Nazi forces closed in. In the face of such resilience, the Nazis escalated their brutality. They brought in heavy artillery, leveling entire blocks to rubble. The tactic was a devastatingly effective one, forcing many fighters from their hiding spots. The turning tides were relentless, yet the fighters did not waver. Despite the impending defeat, they held on, fighting not just for their lives, but for their dignity, for their people, for history to remember their defiance. This was the essence of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, a testament to the unyielding spirit of humanity against the face of seemingly insurmountable adversity. As May began, the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising entered its final, tragic act. The resistance fighters, dwindling in number and bereft of resources, prepared for their last stand. Mordecai and Eelwicks, along with many of his fellow fighters, remained trapped in the bunker at 18 Mila Street. As the Nazis closed in, he made one final broadcast over the radio, a defiant proclamation of their struggle and a plea for future generations to remember their courage. It was a moment of profound poignancy, a symbol of the spirit that had fueled the uprising. The bunker became a siege site, with the Nazi forces unleashing an onslaught of fire and artillery. Inside, despite the noise and chaos, a strange calm prevailed as the trapped fighters accepted their fate. Among the last acts of defiance, a group of fighters, including Anilwicks, chose to take their lives, refusing to give their captors the satisfaction of their capture. Meanwhile, Zivia Lebetkin, managing to escape the doomed bunker, led a group of survivors through the sewers, navigating the dank, perilous tunnels in a desperate attempt to reach the Aryan side of Warsaw. Their journey, fraught with danger, was a testament to their resilience and the human will to survive. Merrick Edelman, one of the last commanders left in the fight, stubbornly clung on, orchestrating a few remaining pockets of resistance. Amid the ruins, the sound of gunfire gradually dwindled, replaced by an ominous silence. By May 16, the Nazi forces declared the ghetto Judenfreit free of Jews. Yet, the legacy of the uprising lived on. Despite the odds, the fighters of the Warsaw Ghetto had stood their ground, demonstrating an extraordinary spirit of resistance. Their final stand was not in vain, it served as a powerful symbol of courage and defiance, an enduring testament to the human spirit's resilience. They may have lost the battle, but their story, their bravery, and their sacrifice would resonate through history. Chapter 5 Aftermath and Impact on the Broader Events in World War II On May 16, 1943, the Nazis declared victory over the Warsaw Ghetto. 
what had once been a bustling hub of Jewish life was now a smoldering expanse of ruins and rubble. The buildings were demolished, the streets deserted, and an eerie silence replaced the gunfire's echoes. The ghetto was no more. Jurgen Stroop, the SS and police leader in Warsaw, oversaw the final act, the destruction of the Great Synagogue on Tlomaki Street. As the grand structure burned, Stroop declared, Warsaw has stopped being a center of Jewish mischief. Yet, in his hubris, he failed to acknowledge the indomitable spirit that the ghetto fighters had shown. Outside the ghetto walls, news of the uprising filtered through Warsaw and beyond. Despite the relentless Nazi propaganda, the truth of the Jewish resistance couldn't be silenced. The courage of the ghetto fighters echoed throughout occupied Europe, igniting sparks of hope and defiance. For survivors like Zivia Lebetkin and Marek Edelman, the fight was not over. They joined the larger Polish resistance, carrying the torch of the ghetto uprising. Their stories, filled with loss and bravery, inspired others and became a testament to the human spirit's resilience. Meanwhile, the world was slowly coming to grips with the enormity of the Holocaust. Reports of mass exterminations and unimaginable atrocities began to surface. The Warsaw Ghetto Uprising stood as a stark reminder of resistance amidst such horror, a beacon of defiance against systemic annihilation. The ghetto may have been razed to the ground, but its memory remained, etched in history. The stories of bravery, sacrifice, and resistance against the Nazi genocide served as a poignant reminder of humanity's capacity for courage in the face of unparalleled adversity. The echoes of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising reverberated far beyond the ruined walls of the ghetto. In its wake, a wave of resistance swelled across Europe, defying Nazi oppression. The fighters' courage imbued a newfound resilience in those facing the horrors of the Holocaust, offering a beacon of hope amidst darkness. For Zivia Lebetkin and Merrick Edelman, their experiences in the uprising fueled their continued fight against Nazi tyranny. Joining the ranks of the Polish resistance, they worked tirelessly to undermine the Nazi regime, their stories serving as a galvanizing force for others in the resistance. On a global stage, the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising changed the narrative around the Jewish experience during the Holocaust. Despite the pervasive, often one-dimensional portrayal of Jews as passive victims of the Nazi genocide, the uprising told a different story, one of courage, defiance, and an unyielding will to resist. One such echo of resistance took form in the subsequent Warsaw Uprising of 1944. Sparked in part by the Jewish resistance's heroic stand, the larger Polish population rose against the Nazi occupiers. Though the rebellion was eventually crushed, it demonstrated the indomitable spirit ignited by the ghetto uprising. The uprising also had a profound impact on the post-war world, particularly on the formation of the State of Israel. Many survivors, like Lebetkin, emigrated there, carrying with them the legacy of the ghetto uprising. Their stories inspired a new generation of Israelis, reinforcing a shared sense of identity rooted in resilience and defiance. Decades later, the echoes of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising continue to resonate. Through films, books, and memorials, the story of the courageous men and women who dared to defy the Nazi machine lives on.
It is a testament to the extraordinary strength of the human spirit, a story of resistance that, in the face of unspeakable horror, chose to fight for dignity, freedom, and survival. In the wake of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, the spirit of resistance lingered. A year later, in the summer of 1944, it would erupt once again in the broader city of Warsaw, an event known as the Warsaw Uprising. With the Soviet army approaching the city, the Polish Home Army, Armia Krajowa, decided to rise against the Nazis. They hoped to liberate Warsaw before the Soviets could impose their control, striving for a free, independent Poland after the Nazis' reign of terror. Among the leaders of the uprising was General Tadeusz Borkomorowski. A seasoned soldier and a symbol of the Polish spirit, Komorowski exemplified the resilient will of the Poles. He led his forces with a strategic mind and indomitable courage, becoming a beacon of hope amidst the conflict. Jan Nowak Jezieranski was another key figure, a liaison between the Polish Home Army and the Western Allies. He braved treacherous journeys to deliver messages, request aid, and keep the world informed of the uprising's progress. Just as in the ghetto uprising, women played a significant role. Among them was Danuta Sidzakona, known as Inca. A nurse and courier, she exemplified the bravery of the female resistance fighters, providing medical assistance to the wounded and carrying messages through dangerous zones. The uprising, which began on August 1, 1944, initially met with surprising success. The Polish resistance managed to liberate large parts of the city and maintained control for a while. But as the days passed, the Nazis responded with brutal force. Help from outside was limited, the Western Allies were unable to provide substantial support, and the Soviet army halted its advance. After 63 days of fierce fighting, the uprising was crushed. The city was left in ruins, and the casualties were staggering. Yet, just as in the ghetto uprising, the spirit of resistance remained undimmed. The Warsaw Uprising of 1944, despite its tragic end, stood as a testament to the Polish spirit of defiance against oppression. It was a testament to courage, resilience, and the unquenchable desire for freedom, echoing the legacy of the ghetto uprising and further strengthening the narrative of resistance during World War II. Chapter 6 The Legacy of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising in the aftermath of the Holocaust and World War II, survivors and witnesses carried the legacy of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, passing the torch of remembrance to future generations. Among the most prominent of these was Merrick Edelman, the last surviving military leader of the uprising. After the war, he remained in Poland, dedicating his life to human rights and social justice, providing a living testament to the spirit of resistance. His memoir, the Ghetto Fights offered a compelling first-hand account of the uprising, ensuring the heroics of his comrades would never be forgotten. Then there was Zivia Lebetkin, who had escaped the ghetto through the sewers, leading others to safety. She relocated to Israel after the war, co-founding Kibbutz Lohemi Ghetto T, the Ghetto Fighters Kibbutz. The Kibbutz, and its Ghetto Fighters House Museum, became a hub for Holocaust education, sharing the stories of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising with visitors from around the world. 
the stories of survivors were not confined to the written or spoken word. The art of Samuel Bach, a child survivor from the ghetto, depicted haunting, surreal landscapes of his experiences, creating a visual chronicle of the horror and heroism he had witnessed. His work stood as a powerful testament to the memory of the uprising in the Holocaust. Meanwhile, the world began to acknowledge and honor the uprising's legacy. Commemorative events, monuments, and museums were established in Poland and across the globe, ensuring the narrative of the ghetto uprising remained etched in collective memory. In Warsaw, the monument to the ghetto hero stands as a somber reminder of the resistance, a testament to the courage and sacrifice of the ghetto fighters. These survivors and witnesses, each in their way, ensured that the echoes of the uprising endured, becoming a part of our shared history. Their accounts not only honored those who fought but also served as a stark warning of the perils of hatred and intolerance, a plea for peace, and understanding in future generations. The legacy of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising has been memorialized in monuments and acts of remembrance that continue to reverberate across the world, imparting the lessons of history to newer generations. In the heart of Warsaw, where the ghetto once stood, lies the monument to the ghetto heroes. Unveiled in 1948, this striking structure, designed by Natan Rappaport, features a series of bronze figures, a testament to the heroic resistance fighters. Men, women, and children are depicted, each embodying the spirit of defiance that marked the uprising. At its foot, the figure of Mordecai Anilwix, the leader of the uprising, clutches a hand grenade, a stark reminder of the young lives that fought so bravely against insurmountable odds. The monument stands not only as a memorial but as a promise to remember, to learn, and to honor their sacrifice. The Ghetto Fighters House Museum in Israel, founded by survivors including Zivia Lubetkin, is another important site of remembrance. It offers a comprehensive view of Jewish resistance during the Holocaust, with a particular focus on the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. Its exhibits, filled with photographs, testimonies, and artifacts, illuminate the story of the uprising, keeping the memory of the fighters alive. Moreover, each year on April 19, the day the uprising began, ceremonies are held worldwide to commemorate the event. In Warsaw, sirens wail, people stand in silence, and yellow daffodils, symbols of remembrance and respect, are worn. This annual tradition ensures that the heroism and sacrifices of those who participated in the uprising are never forgotten. Meanwhile, in schools and communities across the globe, the story of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising is taught, studied, and remembered. Through books, films, and educational programs, the tale of resilience and resistance continues to inspire and inform. The monuments and acts of remembrance play a crucial role in preserving the legacy of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. They serve as a poignant reminder of our shared past, a tribute to courage in the face of unimaginable adversity, and a call to prevent such atrocities in the future. The Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, a significant event in the history of World War II and the Holocaust, has left an indelible mark on global consciousness. The echoes of resistance still reverberate, shaping our understanding of the past and inspiring future generations. 
the uprising is remembered as one of the most significant acts of Jewish resistance against the Nazis. It highlighted the courage, determination, and the indomitable human spirit in the face of extreme adversity. The fighters, including Mordecai and Ilwicks, Zivia Lubetkin, Merrick Edelman, and many others, became emblematic of the struggle against oppression. Moreover, the uprising also left an indelible impact on the way we remember the Holocaust. It challenged the narrative of Jews as passive victims, underscoring their agency and their will to resist, even in the direst circumstances. It emphasized the significance of resistance, both armed and spiritual, as an integral part of the Jewish experience during the Holocaust. The uprising's influence extended beyond the Jewish community. It has been recognized as a universal symbol of resistance against oppression. It resonates with oppressed groups worldwide and continues to inspire freedom movements, adding a unique dimension to the global narrative of human rights. Its influence can be seen in academia as well. It has inspired countless studies, theses, and works of art and literature. Scholars and artists continue to delve into the uprising, exploring its causes, its progression, and its aftermath, adding nuance and depth to our understanding of this historical event. Furthermore, the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising has contributed significantly to the discourse on genocide prevention. It serves as a stark reminder of the consequences of unchecked hatred and bigotry and underscores the importance of standing up against injustice. In conclusion, the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, a beacon of courage and resilience, holds a profound place in history. It transcends the confines of time and geography, standing as a testament to human spirit and resistance, a symbol of heroism and defiance, and a cornerstone of Holocaust education and human rights discourse.